It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody, Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Padres reporter, A.J. Casavell. We're going to talk about Eric Hosmer on the podcast this week. Shocking news there that we'll get around to Hosmer a little bit. Ralph Sampson uh, at Padres camp. That's interesting. But I want to start, A.J., with the farm system. And we've talked about it so much, but MLB Pipeline uh, putting out its top 10 organizational rankings this week, late in the week, and no surprise, I don't think, to anybody that the Padres check in at number one. Uh, they have so many guys in the top 100, and then the depth goes so far down from there that the top 30 for the Padres is loaded with legitimate major league prospects. It's just a, a special system. And the cool thing is a lot of these guys are already at spring training, right? I mean, you've gotten to uh, to see a lot of these guys so far this spring. Yeah, and I think that's that's when we get tied up into these rankings, part of it is, you know what, they're just rankings. The Padres are talented, whether they're number one or number three or wherever they are. But I think it speaks volumes, uh, that's the number one system in baseball, to what A.J. Preller's done here over the last two years. Because two two springs ago, this, the farm system was kind of eh, middle of the road, maybe maybe around 20 or so. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure where they would have ranked. And he, through three different avenues, through, through trades, through international free agency and through the draft has turned that group of prospects into the best farm system in baseball. And it's, it's pretty impressive. And when you see some of these guys play and they've given them the chance so far in spring training, uh, you see why the Padres have the best farm system in baseball. Guys like Fernando Tatis, Luis Urias, they're holding their own at Major League Camp, and they've got, they've got guys in minor league camp who are still, who are still coming behind them. And then obviously the pitchers as well, and there's a bunch of those guys, and, and maybe not – early this year but late this year we're going to see those guys and, and especially next year as well big time arms right yeah and the way the farm system is kind of structured with the pitching right now is they've got four guys in the top 14 uh joey Luca- joey lucchese eric lauer jacob nix and cal quantrill who are really close to kind of making that major league push i'd say maybe the second half of this year if they can continue what they've done they could all four of them have the chance to debut but the real strength of their pitching staff uh, in the minor leagues, at least, resides at the lower levels with guys like Mackenzie Gore, Adrian Morihone, Michelle Baez. And so they have the potential over the next few years to kind of build, uh, from, build from the top level of their system and start adding other guys from the lower levels of the system. Uh, it could be an interesting mix, and those places are definitely available because I think I wrote the other day, if you look at the way the Padres' rotation is structured right now, it's not. It's it's completely wide open for what their rotation of the future is. I wouldn't say any of the five, any of their five opening day starters. Uh, I wouldn't say any of them are locks for for potentially being in that rotation of the future. It's wide open, and there's places to to be to be grabbed by some of these youngsters. 
And Mackenzie Gore, if anybody's heard Jim Callis talk about Mackenzie Gore, um, it, it, he's one of his all-time prospect crushes up there on the Callis list with Dansby Swanson and, and other guys over the years. But he absolutely loves him, and he thinks he's going to be a true number one ace kind of pitcher. So he's a few years away, but certainly exciting as well. Um, you mentioned Tatis Jr. and Urias, and obviously they're doing well at spring training and – one of the keys to Eric Hosmer coming to this team for the Padres' perspective, not just the fact that he's a great first baseman, he can hit the baseball, but he's a leadership guy. And, and it seems pretty obvious early on that he's taking that role on seriously, especially with those guys, right? Yeah, and you hear that a lot. You hear a lot of times when, when new signings or trades happen, you hear kind of the leadership clubhouse aspect of it. And sometimes I think you, you, you maybe roll your eyes and you say, okay, well, I've heard that so many times that, that how often can it be true? Well, with Eric Hosmer, from what I've seen so far, it's, it's pretty undeniably true. He's The Padres did a hitting drill. Just a couple quick stories. The Padres did a hitting drill a couple days ago where it was uh, essentially broken up into four teams, and, and they, they did situational hitting. And Hosmer was one of the captains, and his first choices were all, were all these young prospect kind of guys. And he, he's really done, a, done a, a lot to kind of make them feel included. I'll, I'll tell another one from today. This morning in the clubhouse, I walked in, and um, there's a whole bunch of – a whole bunch of uh, young guys eating eating at one of the breakfast tables and Eric Hosmer. And these are, I, I want to say there's seven guys, and not one of those six young guys he's eating with is going to make the Major League roster this spring, I would, I would expect. And so, I, and he's just kind of hanging out there, having a casual conversation with those guys. So I, I think he's, he's really taking it upon himself to, to learn the people in this organization and, and learn kind of the prospects that are coming up and then interact with them and, and bring whatever wisdom he can to them. And also just, just, kind of make them feel like they're, they're as much a part of the process going forward as he is. And, of course, he remembers because he was one of those guys with the Royals when the Royals had all that young talent coming up. He was one of those guys eating at the table. And, and I'm sure maybe somebody did come over and, and sit with them and eat. But either way, I think that left an impression on him, and he's certainly paying it forward here with the Padres. A couple of guys coming back from Tommy John for the Padres, Robbie Erlin, Colin Ray, and it seems like they're both in a pretty good track right now. Yeah, I watched them pitch yesterday in a B game, and the Padres didn't want to throw them out in a Cactus League game because just in case something went wrong, uh, they wanted to make sure that, that it was more of a controlled environment. Uh, both of them looked like they, they, they could have been pitching in the Cactus League. They didn't really have any hiccups. And, and I think Colin Ray might have been a little bit amped up early, but he, he looked fine. He actually looked really good in the second inning after he, he uh, got into a first and third jam and got out of it with a strikeout pop-up ground ball. And so uh, Robbie Erlin he didn't run into really any trouble at all. I think he had a walk, but nothing else. And so uh, they're, they're two guys who the Padres really didn't go out and do a whole lot in their rotation during the off season. They added Brian Mitchell, but I think uh, part of that thought process was, Hey, if these two guys can come back and help us they're, uh they, they could seriously boost the rotation without the Padres really having to do anything. Obviously there's a long way to go for both of them. The Padres kind of took the same track with both of them saying, uh, saying, we're going to get you recovered by the end of the year last year and give you a normal off season instead of making you throw and kind of rushing you through the off season. And so they're, they're both entering this season as though it's a normal season, even though it, it most certainly isn't. They're both coming off Tommy John surgery. 
most major league teams during spring training will have people come and visit camp for different reasons, um, whether it's former players, um, legends of the franchise that come back and either just tell stories or actually get on the field, get dirty, and, and do some teaching. Uh, with the Yankees this week, we saw Russell Wilson, the Seattle Seahawks quarterback, come in uh, as they had traded for him and take some grounders, take some BP. But one that seems odd to me and stood out was the fact that the Padres have had Ralph Sampson in camp, seven foot four. NBA fans obviously remember him from from his days at, at the college level and also in the NBA. But what's the connection, Ralph Sampson and the Padres? Well, Ralph Sampson actually has some connections with the kind of Padres ownership group, Peter Seidler, um, and he he met with a lot of the Padres front office during the off season. And it, kind of his philosophy just just on life and kind of working through adversity meshed well with what the Padres are trying to preach. And and I think one of the things is. The Padres have a number of guys in camp every year. They'll have guest speakers, motivational speakers, different kinds of guys from all walks of life. Uh, sometimes those guys blend into the crowd. Ralph Sampson's not going to blend into any crowd. He's seven not. foot four. He kind of he kind of towers over everyone. The Padres have a six nine pitcher Brad Wick and a six ten pitcher Chris Young, and uh, both of them were looking up to Ralph Sampson. So that that tells you something. But. Um, I think it's a lot of what he, he – there's been no formal kind of presentation or anything, but he's met with some of the players, especially some of the young players. And uh, I think a lot of the message is, is sticking with the process and sticking with it through adversity. You know what, you're talented, but it takes a lot of work. And Ralph Sampson, one of the things that I think he was kind of known for toward the end of his career was, was battling injuries, and then he had some knee and some back troubles. And uh, the Padres think he has a lot to offer kind of in that sense, the guys who, who are rehabbing and, and maybe keeping a positive mindset throughout. So uh, the Padres have liked what they've seen from him, and he might be around a little bit during the regular season. And in, in what role, I don't, and not, not necessarily in any role, but just kind of as a, as a guy who can, who, can, who can rub off the right way on some of these guys. Love to see a pickup game somewhere there with, uh, with him and Chris Young going at it down on the low block. Make that I would happen. enjoy that. That'd be, that'd be good <laughs> basketball. Uh, Austin Hedges is off to a great start. Last thing I want to talk to you about, A.J., is him. Uh, he hit homers in his first three games of the spring. Uh, and it sounds like from what I've, I've read that you've written, he's really focused on getting the right pitch this spring and, and not chasing and, and limiting his strike zone. That's pretty much been his mindset the, the yeah. whole, the whole offseason and kind of the whole time he's been – the Padres basically said, you know what, you're swinging at the, when you swing at the right pitches, you do damage. And he hit 18 home runs last season, and he has a very good chance, I think, one day to break Mike Piazza's record for a Padres catcher, which is 22. Uh, but he just chased a lot of pitches out of his own, and, and the Padres diagnosed that. And what they came up with was too many moving parts in his swing. And so, like, kind of when he, he, he added a pretty big leg kick a couple years ago, the Padres didn't do anything about that. They want to keep the leg kick because that's partially where he generates his power. But they want to make – maybe his movement and his, his load a little more subtle to go along with that leg kick so that he's not his, – his eye level maybe isn't changing. and he, can, he, he just sees the ball a little bit better, and he likes the results so far. And obviously uh, three home runs in his first three Cactus League games, that gets you nothing in the regular season. But uh, in his eyes, it's a way to kind of uh, almost justify all the hard work he's put in over the offseason to kind of change that. It's you know what, it's paying off. i gotta, I got to stick with it. Because I think it's, it's pretty inarguable that Austin Hedges chased too many pitches last year and that Austin Hedges' on-base percentage needs to get better. But uh, the question is how, and so far it looks like silencing his swing a little bit more. Uh, it looks like that's the answer. Obviously, Hedges is a defense-first guy. He's never going to be a guy who, who, you, say, who you say, we're going to rely on you to hit 
X number of home runs and hit and, and knock in the game winning runs. But any offense he could bring is is something the Padres uh, would love to have, and they feel like that's still there to be tapped into. Yeah, and when you're working on something new and you get those positive uh, results, it certainly motivates you to keep it going. So that's obviously good to see as well. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Padres edition. For A.J. Casavell, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. Thanks, A.J. Yeah, thank you. That was good. Bye-bye.